This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. From the nation's capital, this is the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast with your host, Rob Snowett. This is the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Snow White. Today is August 15th, and you're like, wait a second, this is November. Why am I listening to a podcast that started then? Well, dudes, dudettes, it's August, and it's like 40 degrees at night right now, and we're going to see Grace Potter and the Nocturnals tonight at Wolf Trap. It's going to be cold, and when the weather starts getting cold... Start thinking about the fall runs, specifically salmon, steelhead, brown trout. This year, we're not going to go up for any salmon unless plans change and we do an October trip. We're planning on doing our first ever all November trip. So we've got the regular crew going. Don't know who's going to be fully committed by the end of the trip. At the beginning of the trip, you're going to have to wait and find out later in this podcast. But you know it's getting close when people on Instagram are already starting to show pictures of wild king salmon that are swimming up the Salmon River. These are wild fish that were spawned naturally four to five years ago. But right now that water's still in the 70s, so there's no chance they're going to actually be able to successfully recreate the next generation. That's going to happen later in the season. People are also starting to put up pictures of flies they're tying. Paul's guide service posted some Great fly pictures last night, 
and Autumn Siren Flies. Go to their website, autumnsirenflies.blogspot.com. They are Steelhead Alley Flies, I believe, on Instagram. And that's getting me juiced up. Plus, Salmon Crazy, the forum, has been doing a countdown. It was three days, two days ago. Yesterday, it was two days. Today, it's one day. So once that forum gets live, things are getting going. We're going to start tying our flies, start repairing things. Who knows if we're going to get lodging this year? Who knows if we're going to be camping this year? Hopefully, there's not going to be a hurricane. But the plan is drive up with the boat, meet Joe with his boat, fish in the mornings from shore, wade fishing, and then jump in the boats for the afternoon and then make a late lunch in the boats from our camping stoves. So let's see how things go. We will check back in with you later on in the season. All right, next podcast coming to you live from the Salmon River of New York. Greetings from the Salmon River of New York. It's Sunday morning. I slept in today. Why did I sleep in? And everyone else got up at four because I have a toddler at home and I haven't slept past six o'clock in two and a half years. So I'd like to say that Friday I left at 4.45 and it was a mostly uneventful drive. What am I talking about? It took me two hours to leave the Commonwealth of Virginia, 26 miles. Now my options for leaving were get to Route 81 or Route 15. I could take Route 50 West, Route 66 West. I could take Route 7 Northwest. I could head north and get on 270 to Frederick, or I could go north to Baltimore and go past the gunpowder. I elected to take Route 7 and either take Route 7 all the way to 81 or Route 7 to 15. took an hour to get to Leesburg, which is where you pick up 15, and I took Route 15 north, and it, for no apparent reason, had complete standstill. Now, I used the app Waze on my smartphone. Don't know if I had that on the podcast about smartphones and fly fishing, but I uh, I spent an hour in standstill traffic, and it was about a one mile stretch that had no options to exit. So, hold on a second. Here comes Joe. So Joe's dog is uh, is not doing too well. So he brought her back from the river. Um, so hopefully, best of things for Josie Rose. But um, don't want to bring you down if she's feeling ill and stuff. So. Um, back to the drive. Yeah, so there's a mile stretch where I honestly couldn't pull off left to right, make a U-turn, and take 7 west to 81. So I basically sat in traffic for an hour, and once it opened up, of course, for no other reason, there was nothing there. So I decide to keep pulling north, and I get to north of Gettysburg, and I stop at the Sheets gas station, which is right near the Yellow Breaches, and I get Probably one of the best subs I've ever had for sheets. It was fantastic. It was it was uh, steak with boom boom sauce and jalapeno ranch and pickles and on man, it was so good. And I got a coffee. I now drink coffee, folks. That's my my wife's big thing is she loves to have coffee with me in the morning. I do Dunkin' from the the old drip machine, but she's got her fancy whatever machine it is. I don't know. That's besides the point. This is a steelhead trip, folks. So that brings us to Scranton, where it's about 1030, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to pull over and sleep in the back of the car. Well, somehow I neglected to bring any kind of padding for the back of the car, which has all sorts of bolts and stuff sticking up. 
And I pulled out my balclava. I got it from Marshall's. It's smart wool. It was about $5. And I put over that my sleeping mask, which is made by Tempur-Pedic. It's fantastic. I did not even notice Khalil was up all night using his iPad reading. But, uh, yeah, so I sleep until about 4 and wake up. And I'm like, that was the worst night's sleep ever. So I get back in the car. I go fill up the tank. And it's uh, there's froth all over the car. It's beautiful. You can see every star on the sky. So I drive for about an hour. And I'm like, all right, dude, I just need to pull myself over. So I pull into a pizza restaurant. It's 5 in the morning. And I, I sleep in the front seat, much more comfortable. Instead of getting in my sleeping bag, I just pull it over me, make a little cocoon. And that was quite nice. I slept till 7. So I pulled into the Salmon River at about... 8.30, went into all-season sports, picked up some fly time material because their selection is just fantastic. I got some pink Arctic Fox. I got some 6 Ot Blood Red Uni Thread. I also picked up some flash material and uh, I don't know what else. Oh, and some blue, uh, blue egg yarn to make some of those Bloods dots. So I decide to, to go find Joe. I find the Steelhead Lodge where his boat's parked and then I go all the way to Lower fly zone, he's not there, so I drive to the upper fly zone, see his car, I gear up, I go down, meet him with a, a family of guys, and they're actually packing their way up. We're going to go to another fishing spot, which is north of town, so I'm not going to name it, but if you know what it is, you know what it is. And we then go to Timbers for breakfast. I don't realize it's 10 a.m., so I order a big sandwich and fries, and she's like, honey, there's breakfast. So I get a bacon, egg, and cheese muffin, which turns out to be a muffin with bacon on it it was awesome from there we load up and let me tell you this family it's uh it's a dad he's divorced so he only gets his boys on the weekends and it's three of them age ninth grade junior year freshman in college fourth one i guess came in last night he lives in australia now uh, nicest guys in the world the dad i mean he got all of his boys switch rods for christmas that he's just laying out pictures on a smartphone and them fishing it is a very strong, well-bonded group of guys, and it makes me jealous that they get a fish with their dad because my dad would always just listen to a, a CD on the side of the river. My dad had a disc player in the 80s, folks. It took six double D batteries. Or he would just read and drink coffee. So I never really got a fish with my dad. He, uh, he, he's gone on my boat before with me, but, yeah, he's it's not his thing. So these guys get to hang out with, you know, all, all their brothers and fish on the weekends and they're up here steely fishing and we get to that other spot and it's loaded with dudes it's pinners it's float fishermen drifting egg sacks it's fly guys and immediately we see a dude with a fly rod hook up and land a fish so i take the middle brother and we go upstream and this river is all slate bottom it's not holding water fish do not want to hold where it's a smooth lack of gradient on the bottom which increases the river's velocity it's just not good holding water also there really doesn't seem to be any life forms in this river. You don't see any bugs coming off. It's just a fast sort of freeway of water. But lots of good structure, lots of drop-offs, plunge pools, riffles, runs. After about an hour of nothing up top, and I'm throwing Blood's Dot, I'm throwing White Death, I'm throwing Streamers, Popsicles, um, you name it, basically. Everything is getting thrown at these fish. So after about an hour, I go downriver and join up with the kids. And immediately, one of the kids ends up with a fresh, about 15-pound coho on the end of his line. Unfortunately, it was hooked in a peck fin, so no pictures. We released it. But 
It was the closest I've actually gotten to a living coho with that kite upper mandible jaw, which was just awesome. It was really cool to see that metamorphosis in a fish as it enters into a river. And we fish for a couple hours. Everyone's hooking up except me. And then uh, after about two hours, Rebecca and Khalil show up. Joe still can't say Khalil's name. He calls him Callie. And we fish pretty hard. Like I said, everyone's hooking up. It's pink San Juan worms. It's fuchsia or pink woolly buggers. I'm throwing pink sucker spawn, pink jumbo johns, pink intruders, nothing. We come back here. We stop. Joe now drinks beer, so we get an 18-pack of Bud Lime. I go in and buy it. I feel pretty embarrassed buying Bud Lime at the grocery store. I try to convince the woman it's for beer goritas, which she thinks are sounds disgusting, but she's never had one of my beer goritas, so she doesn't know. Just Google beer gorita and my name or fly fishing, and the blog should come up from Cinco de Mayo on how to make it. It's pretty darn easy. It's three bottles of Bud Lime, one can of Limeade. Dump those into a big pitcher. Fill the can of Limeade three-quarters with tequila, the rest with triple sec. Pour that over ice after you mix it with a ladle, and you are good to go with the best sparkling margarita you've ever had. So we come back here, and it's time to tie flies. Joe's room is pretty tiny. He's um, He's got a lot of gear in there. So we all come to our room, which has four beds. And then the boys come over, and they've got uh, a camper outside. So they bring over a pop-up table, and we sit here, and we tie up pink sand wands, and I teach the boys. One of them, the youngest, has a, a, his version of the Bill Skilton Helgramite, but he doesn't have any of the right material. So I break out the right material, and we go over how to make a, a proper Helgramite. I teach them one of my damselfly patterns, which never really happens. We go over uh, buggers and San Juans and rubber San Juans from the Spirit River material. I tie Brad, one of the guides, my uh, squirmy wormy. And we're drinking Guinness and Davenport, she's got her fireball whiskey and a flask. And the dad's got Sierra Nevada black and tan. Joe's got his Bud Lime. And then Brad and Tommy show up, and, and we're all hanging out in the room, tying flies, listening to my random assortment of music. And it's time to go to bed. I slept pretty awful. Going to go get some NyQuil for tonight. And everyone got up at the butt crack of dawn. They're out there now, except Joe just came back. Uh, I'm actually wearing my long johns now, my layer eights. I'm about to put on my Nano Puff Patagonia pants, put on my steelhead sweater over my base layers, and um, down jacket with my Cabela's stretchy Gore-Tex wading jacket over that. I'm going to go hit the river. And, uh, you know, when you get to this lodge, when we got back, there's a crock pot of chili and tortilla chips and Cholula outside the room that was homemade. So definitely when I was going to bed trying to hold in the flatus, I used to I never slept in the same place with Khalil or Rebecca. And this morning, I go outside, and there are bagels and muffins and uh, all sorts of other accoutrement. And this place is $35 a night. It's got a gas fireplace. It's got a ceiling fan, bright lights, microwave, TV, a hot shower, and food, two meals a day. So um, definitely worth Steelhead, not Steelhead Lodge. What am I saying? It's the Trestle Pool Lodge. So we're across the street from the Trestle Pool if I said Steelhead Lodge earlier, neglect that. We're at the Trestle Pool Lodge. And it's uh, right before Altmar, so we'll be go hit it up in Melinda's after we fish to look for some more spay material. That's it, folks. That covers day one of the trip. How to get here, getting here, fishing, and now we're going to go start day two. So I'm signing off for now. All right, part two of the second day of fishing up here in Pulaski. We're sitting at the... Trestle Pool Lodge, cranking out some sucker spawns, 
crystal meths and some articulated, semi-articulated uh, intruder flies. So I met everyone up at the other unnamed spot, which is about 20 minutes north of Pulaski, because I don't want a hot spot. And as soon as I get there, what's your brother's name? Shane. Shane the older one. Ryan. Ryan was hooked into a nice steelhead. And that was the only steelhead or fish hooked on our side of the river for, I don't know, 40 minutes that I was there. Threw everything, had no luck. The guy across from us was lifting, so I decided to pack it up and head over to the Salmon River, whose river levels were reported to be dropping. Get over to the Salmon River. I meet up with Rebecca and Khalil at Melinda's, buy some nice fly tie material from Melinda, hang out with her Pogly Dactylus five-fingered cats, six-fingered. I guess all cats have five fingers, so polydactylus is going to be like six or more. And she notes that the river's already dropped significantly, but it's going to get windier. We head up to the lower fly zone and, and pack all the gear down there, and it's incredibly windy. It's sleeting. The wind is just gnarly. It's ice-cold rain, and there's people about every 10 feet or average rod length apart. And from there, we start throwing everything from eggs, streamers, buggers, sucker spawns, you name it, one guy hooks up other side of the river the way down. It's so windy I can barely get my camp stove going. The rods are actually moving back and forth when they're leaned up against the fallen tree down there. If you want to see it's a highlight, we find a nice pair of hemostats. After how long do you fish we fish there? An hour, hour and a half? Hour and a half or two. So we decide to pack it up. Let's go get some lunch at the Altmar Hotel. Go in there, get some cans of beer, we get some big burgers. The shoestring fries were fantastic, and they were going to charge Rebecca for a glass of water. The woman was like, you get a bottle of water, because your bottled water you can actually take out with you. And um, I think we just stuck to some some nice cheap beers. My old Milwaukee can was actually camouflaged. It was hard to find it. So from there, we decide we're going to go and fish the midsection of the lower fly zone. And we're on the eastern, southern side of the river. We're casting, casting, not much is going on. I eventually put on yellow crystal meth with a little bit of yarn spooge and some tail. And on my second cast, I finally hook into a steelhead, which promptly takes my line across the river. The fish jumps two, three times, takes it about, I don't know, 20 yards, 30 yards of line. And you finally realize at that point in fast water, you are not landing that fish no matter who or what you are, or what tackle you're on. Eventually jumps, breaks off my 10-pound cigar tippet. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7. With super fast shipping, MidwayUSA.com. And I finally hooked into a fish. That's the most steelhead of action I've had since Christmas up on the Chagrin River in 2011. The guy up from us moves, so we go and claim his spot. You might know that. It's got the lawn chairs on it and the rod racks. So we hang out there and we're casting, we're switching flies. One, two guy hook up across the river. Um, Khalil's actually napping right now. He was so exhausted. Listen to him nap. So we um, decided to pack it up. It was about 3.30. We decided we need to go into town to get some groceries, come back, 
get some some drinks, and that kind of sums up the afternoon. Not a whole lot to report. The guys at the other spot, how many did you land? Uh, two. They landed two steelhead today. What were they eating? Uh, it was pink and orange bugger. Pink and orange bugger. So some of the flies we tied last night were the meal tickets, and tomorrow we're going to head upriver a bit from where we were today, right about the wire on the lower fly zone. The river's going to drop to about half of its contents, which means all those fish are going to be concentrated more and hopefully a little more eager to bite some flies. I'm hoping that the wind dies down and the rain because having to put on and off a hood every couple of minutes is a real pain in the arse. They need to make a automatic hood that just goes up when you need it. And that's about it for today's... You know what? This microphone is all the way down. Only any of this came out. All right, so Jason's probably already figured out that the microphone was turned all the way down. So uh, that probably came out pretty dodgy sounding. So we came back to the room, even though I've got probably three, four, five dozen crystal meth and sucker spawns. I still tied up about uh, maybe a dozen of those. I tied about three or four pink Jumbo Johns because I got the pink wire from Melinda's because our fly shops back home don't have them. Tied about three intruder flies, and that's about it to prepare for tomorrow. I'll definitely bring my stove with some chai latte to the river and hopefully not eat such a salty lunch at the Altmar Hotel. So we'll keep you posted tomorrow. Miles and Scott join us from back home, and we'll see how things go with the uh, water level dropping. I just hope that rain turns to snow. Won't be so miserable out there. All right, all right. It is 11-11. That's uh, November 11th, 2014, and we had quite an eventful day up here at the Trestlepool Lodge on the Salmon River in the lower fly zone of Altmar, New York. Joe woke us up at uh, 3.50 in the morning. I still think he is not on daylight savings time or his fancy watch is like an hour forward because we got up and went and sat on the river for three hours before anybody else decided to show up. But we had our spot and we started swinging nymphs, streamers, worms, buggers, crystal meth, you name it. And right away, people in our group started hooking up to fish. So the dad from the earlier trip that I mentioned, he got the first deal head. And then Joe's client, the uh, guy from Taiwan or Thailand named uh, Pat, he got a couple. And then I went downstream and I threw one of my new intruder patterns. And I can finally say that I hooked into a very aggressive steelhead and landed it. I have yet to take out the two-handed rod. I'm still throwing a nine-foot, eight-weight Orvis uh, access rod, and I'm throwing some real outbound line, which uh, got caught up in my line nippers and shredded about three inches of the coating off. But after successfully fighting several steelhead today, it hasn't broken. And not too long later, I decided to put on a pheasant tail, one of Tom's favorite, flashback size 12. And in a couple casts into that, I hooked into another steelhead and successfully landed that one and got photos. And luckily, today was uh, more of a mild day. It was overcast, but little at all of precipitation. We uh, didn't really wear gloves. I eventually took off my rain shell and and uh, switched between my warm hat and my not-so-warm hat. But tomorrow, I'm going to wear my Sitka gear incinerator hat to give that a try. We were also in the shade, so the, some guys had sunshine, but people up and down the river were hooking up all day. Khalil finally hooked into his first solid steelhead. He's raising the roof with his biceps up right now, so he was throwing his signature color orange. It was a crystal meth with copper tails, 
And after a very long fight, we all gathered as we netted his fish and got lots of pictures. Rebecca jumped two steelhead. One was on a flashback pheasant tail. The other was on a the same, both on pheasant tail. We can't remember. It's been such a long day, people. We've been up for 12, like I don't know, almost twenty four hours now. It's seven thirty seven p.m. So yeah, she jumped two. We didn't get into the net for her, but it was a successful day. We ended at about one thirty or two. I'm glad I brought some, albeit nasty Campbell's chunky soup down to the river and heated that up on the stove. I had my my Trader Joe's chai latte as well to keep my belly warm. And we came back here and started tying flies at three. So we've been at it for four and a half hours. I cranked out about two dozen flashback pheasant tails. And I got some nice copper wire and some dyed yellow pheasant tail from Melinda, Melinda's shop. And I used Khalil's ostrich hurl, peacock hurl. And then I went and got some of Joe's because I was tying so much. Started tying up some smaller egg patterns. So micro blood dots, micro... Big fly foam eggs. I tied up a couple more intruders. Problem with those is I spent too much time tying them. Had a couple Guinnesses. We've been working on a bottle of Zinfandel. And then the lads from DC showed up. So we got Scott Stankus in here and Miles Towns. So uh, we got a nice group from Tidal Potomac Fly Riders up here. And by the way, Melinda luckily put up our TPFR sticker on her door. So Please note that it's next to Rich Strollis's RU Superfly. I'm trying to think what else today. Um, I got all my stuff packed for tomorrow. I got the stove ready to go. I'm bringing a dry bag down just to keep things from getting too nasty. It's supposed to start snowing tonight. The river dropped about two feet in uh, depth in the last 24 hours, at least a foot while we were there today. So where I put my camping chair. Oh, thanks for the popsicles. Flies, though, not the ice kind. Uh, the river drops where my chair was initially at you know three forty five this morning or four o'clock. It was dry within by sunrise. So um, I think that's about sums it up. Let's get Khalil to talk about his. Yeah, you can hear that weather moving in right now too. It is howling out there. All right, Khalil, what was it like getting your first chrome on the swing? It felt pretty good. It was pretty exciting. Adrenaline and rushing. Looking forward to do it again. How does a steelhead fight compare to a uh, mountain brook trout? Uh, definitely a big difference. A lot of drag. Um, line staying tight the entire time. Definitely no quick 30-second uh, fight. What are you tying up right now? You've been cranking out flies all evening. Yeah, man. I'm at 25 now, and uh, I'm just trying a, a, a silver uh, sucker spawn pretty much. It'll work. It's shiny. It's actually made from stuff we got at Target. It's a dollar for um, 15 feet or 4.5 meters called Spritz Tinsel. It's basically like a silver Estaz. Uh, yeah, you look for it in your Christmas aisle. Rebecca has been tying up. What have you been cranking out over there? Eggs. Eggs. All the easy patterns. Pattern. Scott. Popsicles. Popsicle. Scott, what have you been tying this evening? Uh, some tequila sunrise. Tequila sunrise. Buggers. A couple of eggs. And Scott's going to be embarrassed because he listens to the podcast as well as Rebecca. So they'll be able to hear themselves once uh, we all sit down tomorrow and, and interview. Um, so let's call it a night. I'm going to go drink some NyQuil because I have my alarm set for 4.05. Siri is going to wake this guy up and we're going to go claim our spot on the river. Today was Veterans Day, so there was a little extra amount of crowd on the river, but hopefully with Colder weather and some snow coming in. People are going to stay off tomorrow. All the the wusses will stay home and 
watch the view or whatever wusses do. But that's it for today. We'll check back in with you uh, tomorrow. Greetings, friendly podcast listeners. Don't let me interrupt you guys talking. It is uh, Tuesday evening, 11, 12. It's, uh, it's cold out, everybody. It was a very cold morning. We got up at 10 to 4 this morning, so 3.50, and it was snowing. There was snow and ice in the cars, and we layered up good. I had, um, if you followed the previous podcast on layering for fly fishing in cold weather, wool socks, Patagonia silk weight and then my 686 mid layer and then my nano puff pants is third layer on the legs sleeveless t-shirt and then i had a midweight long sleeve t-shirt and then i had a heavier midweight patagonia three-quarter zip wool sweater over the wool sweater i had my patagonia 800 fill jacket over that i had a 600 fill down vest and over that i had a shell I had a net gaiter of fleece and then a buff over my face and my Sitka gear inferno hat on my head and wool fingertipless gloves today. It was about 28 degrees as the high today and it was quite windy and snowy throughout the day. As soon as the sun rose, Khalil hooked up first with a blue something or other fly and immediately we started throwing blue. He landed the fish, which made us all pretty stoked that in the first 10 minutes of fishing... We were into steelhead, a nice, dark, rainbow, silvery, chromed out steelhead. Then I hooked into fairly large steelhead on a blue McFly foam egg, size 10. And it was an awesome fight, but we lost it at the net. And people sporadically, periodically hooked up early that morning, and then it basically shut down until late afternoon. Scott... Landed a nice steelhead on what pattern? It was a uh, crystal yeah, meth? Pink crystal. Pink crystal meth. And we're going to get everyone on to talk about their steelheading trip. Don't give me that face. But it was brutally cold out today. We think that may have had something to do. It was overcast. Uh, the guy above us, Chris, landed like 10 steelhead on every fly imaginable. And somehow... Not like 10. He landed 10 fish. No, he landed 10 fish. Exactly 10. Scott knows that because he was the net master today. I don't know. It was about noon or so that Khalil and I decided to go warm up and get some chow at Hardee's or Arby's. Arby's, Arby's, Arby's. So we went to Arby's. We stopped at Whitaker's in all seasons and picked up some more material. As blue was the favorite color today, of course, now we're back at the lodge tying up all sorts of blue flies. And I can guarantee 100% dollars to donuts that tomorrow they will not be eating blue flies. But I also tied up some cerise... San Juans and some yellow chartreuse San Juans. I tied up some blue micro bloods dots. I've tied up some blue crystal meth and a couple of micro pink McFly foam eggs. I'm going to sit down now and tie two intruders before I take some NyQuil and get a good night's sleep because that's something I need. But let's interview people and see what they caught today and and how the fishing went. And I was quite jealous of Davenport. She got to fish a hatch reel today. And if you listen to the previous podcast, you know I want a hatch reel, but um, it's a want, not a need. I don't need one. I want one. So, Rebecca, how is steelheading going for you so far? Um, it's been a very long process for me. I'm learning a lot. I still have yet to actually land my first steelhead. 
Um, but it's been fun, and I know that when I finally do catch one, it's going to be an awesome experience. So hopefully tomorrow will be my lucky day, it's the day before I head out. And right now I'm tying some crystal meths, eggs, and woolly buggers for the trip. Would you say tonight's dinner was of the gourmet fortitude? Absolutely. We went to Ponderosa. It was uh, more like a trough for humans. And then as we were walking out, a rodent ran in front of me. <laughs> that was always lovely. What? Yeah, a rodent. Like a mouse, dude. <laughs> Same color as your, your uh, fleece, dude. Same shape of the... It was, a total, it was like a total Whitlock mouse rat that ran by the, the claw machine that's used to attempt to get things. So Khalil finally hooked into his first steelhead on this trip. And from his excitement, I think it's been a life-changing experience. Landed. You didn't hook any last year, did you? I'm talking last year, but this trip. You know, I love steelhead fishing mainly because of the payoff. Uh, it's pretty freaking cold out here. I have layers upon layers of clothes. And as soon as you step in that water, your temperature is going to drop by 50%. So, um, yeah, the payoff is, is, is phenomenal. In fact, uh, I landed my second steelhead today on a unique fly I made last night for the first time. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Second and third today. All it's done is just made me hungrier for more steelhead. Uh, thankfully, uh, some arrangements came in, and I'll be staying for another two days. And uh, hopefully I could uh, put some more trophies on the wall. What is it like catching a steelhead on a fly that you tied and created yourself? You know, honestly, after that, I felt like I could go anywhere in the world and catch fish. And I've known Khalil since he started his fly fishing expeditions. And to see how he's changed, what is it like now fighting a fish compared to what you would have done a couple months ago, say, during the Shad Run? Yeah, uh, Shad Run was tough, but it definitely prepared me for this. Um did you fall backwards today? No, I didn't. Um, I had some trouble, you know, landing fish because there's a lot of obstacles, current, and deep water. But, you know, we did what we had to do and got the job done. He knows how to fight a fish now. He's, he stands still and he lets the rod do his work. And I feel quite proud and seeing him tying his own flies and catching his own fish and learning how to swing a fly and, and figure out the depths and, and all that. Let's get Scott over here now and he's going to discuss... Now, Scott only can talk briefly because he's going to the Galapagos this weekend to go wrestle with penguins. So, uh, Scott, what was your first steelhead expedition like? Other than being cold, it was fantastic. Um, we, you know, got to the water at, I don't know, we got up, got out of here at 4.30, probably got to the water by 4.45, and, you know, in the dark, just had to sit and wait until 6.30. That was a little demotivating to, you know, start the day off. But um, seeing Khalil catch that steelhead, you know, 10 minutes after after he started was was inspiration enough. Um, and uh, I, I hooked into a couple fish early in the morning, um, got me excited. And then around 1230 is when I landed, landed my first and only of the day. Um, but it was fantastic. It's what I've been waiting for. And. It'll have me coming back for more. What flyers are you tying this evening? Well, like you said, um, I'm tying some blue crystal meth and blue McFly foam eggs. Um, 
if I have some time, I'm gonna also gonna tie up some some more chartreuse and pink crystal meths since they they both worked for me today. You excited for a ten degree jump in temperatures tomorrow? Absolutely. And you're gonna take the stove because you're getting up early. Indeed. What shall you be cooking on the stove? Uh, oatmeal and tea, mostly. With your new acquired spoon? Yes, thank you, Ponderosa. <laughs> he meant to say Schmonderposa, but we didn't hear that. So it is, it is, it is confirmed that next year we are not going to Ponderosa by any means. No, absolutely not. And I think from now on, I think in uh, these cold and rainy temperatures, camping may now be... Out of sorts, um, I, I've gotten used to this warm room with the fireplace to dry everything, warm up. We've got, thankfully, Miles and Scott brought a car table up with them because the table we're tying on is, I mean, you couldn't even change a baby on this thing. Well, the leg falls out, so it's like tripod. And yeah, this dog kept coming through here the other day and knocking everything over. But yeah, it's it's literally wide enough for my regal pedestal vice and tying an intruder with like eighteen materials and not I'm actually using Khalil's bed for my mise en place. Rebecca thinks that's hilarious. Rebecca, what's your newly found favorite cold beverage? Bud light lime. It's very refreshing and light. It definitely washes down the Ponderosa. No, no bud sponsors here, thank you. They try to say they're a microbrew during the during the Red Sox uh, World Series games. One of our six breweries throughout the country, so you know your beer is fresh and local. I'm like, yeah, a beer that took 18 hours to drive here is not fresh. Fresh beer is the brew down the street at Port City. All right, so that's going to wrap up today. Wednesday, we'll check in with you. We'll see a couple people leave, and then Thursday, producer Jason shows up. And hopefully, I'm going to stop buying fly time material i'm sacrificing quality food up here which i don't really know if there's quality food but i'm sacrificing meals for fly time material i do have a habit and i've also learned that campbell's chunky soup is quite similar to subway sandwiches and that every can of chunky soup tastes the same and they're all rather disgusting but yeah every subway sandwich tastes the same doesn't matter if it's a meatball or turkey they all taste the same all right we'll check in with you tomorrow bye-bye now so Scott just reminded me of the time I missed a, a big steelhead today. It was the pink microwave. So I was walking around him, and I'm just dragging my fly in the water. And, of course, I'm not paying attention, and my rod gets yanked backwards. And I have a steelhead on, and, of course, I lost it. These are the things we discuss now after the fact. So, yeah, we'll probably... Rebecca doesn't, really like Rebecca doesn't really like Bud Lime, but if you're going to buy her one of the next beer ties, she'd appreciate it. All right, another story I was just reminded about. So we get to the uh, parking lot this morning in the dark. There's a station wagon from Pennsylvania next to me with the interior driver's light on. We're walking down to the river, and there's a guy in front of us heading upstream, and a guy in the rocks just hanging out. And I see the guy in the rocks. Hey, man, uh, there's a Subaru station wagon from Pennsylvania with the interior light on. Is that you? He's like, no. He yells to the guy upriver, hey, the light in your car is on. And the guy's like, <laughs> And like five minutes later, we get to the fishing spot upriver after wading waist deep through rotten salmon infested water and submerged stumps. And I'm like, hey, uh, I don't know if you heard me or not, but uh, it appears it's your car that has the interior light on. 
And he's like, I thought you guys were joking to get my fishing spot. And I'm like, yeah, no. So now he, instead of walking from the rocks back up to his car, he had to trudge through rotten salmon infested water with submerged logs in the dark across the rocks and up the hill to get his car back on. Did we ever get a thank you for that? Maybe. And I found his headlamp, which he dropped in the water, and I kind of got a what up. But he did three things that were very nice to us. A, he offered us hot soup that he made on his camp stove. He offered us hot coffee with fixins. Khalil had some. And two guys were trying to get into our space, and he's like, hey, there's no room for you guys in here. You got to fish somewhere else. So he totally, like, cock-blocked the spot, and, and we totally got more space to fish. All right, that's it until the next uh, random thing comes back in my head. The kids these days like to say that the tug is the drug. Well, I'm pretty sure everyone on this trip is addicted to Steelhead. Good afternoon. Today is Wednesday, 11-13, and it's time for a cold one. It took so long to open that because my hands, frankly, are done. It was supposed to be 38 and sunny today, and this morning was a beautiful, bright, sunny morning. I could barely... See, while I was driving to the river at a balmy 7 a.m., I got up at about 6.40, and Khalil tied some flies while I got my gear on, and we went outside, and we got straight to the river, and thankfully, Stankus was there. He secured the spot with the now legend of Fitz. If I mentioned his name yesterday, it's not Chris, it's Fitz, and the dude is a steelhead machine. You will hear about him, the legend of Fritz, down the line. It was sort of a slow morning. Uh, I want to say Khalil probably was the first one again to net a fish, a nice steelhead. No, no, no. It wasn't Khalil. It was Davenport. She got the first steelhead. And the second one, and then I think Khalil landed one, and then Davenport got a brownie. And it's not easy to get a lake run brown on the Salmon River. I couldn't tell you the exact flies that everybody used, but I hooked my fish on a larger bloods dot. Many thanks to autumnsirenflies.blogspot.com for introducing me to this crazy simple pattern. And I've been throwing it all morning, you know, rotating with intruders, sucker spawns, crystal meths, stoneflies, jumbo jane, which is my name for the pink jumbo john, and just doing a regular fly rotation. And we were doing the, what some call, I've heard we call the skakomish, if I'm saying that right, the skakomish shuffle. We're in in uh, athletic practices. It's an Indian race where everyone shuffles down, and then the last person rotates to the top of the line, and everyone shuffles down. So no one really had the same spot for too long, and that way we fit in Khalil, myself, Davenport, Stankus, um, Miles, and Fritz, and then Joe and Big Earth showed up later, and everyone had time to fish. But I've been throwing that blood dot for a while, and I took it out and looked at it and, and cut off the tag end of my fly line, my tippet, and then I kind of rounded it out with my cutters that are built into my hemostat, and I slayed a steelhead on my first cast and landed it and was so happy. And I've been saying all morning, I'm not going to take a break for lunch until I finally get a fish landed. So I finally got it landed, and there it was. I made chili mac with beef from the camping stove. And meanwhile, it's in the 20 degrees all day. 
Every time you get out, your waders froze. It's dumping snow. So it's absolutely beautiful out here, but it's cold. So Miles decides he's going to go back early with Davenport, and Khalil's going to stay and take Miles' place for the next two days. Trying to think what other exciting things happened today. I put on a huge chartreuse intruder and absolutely got steamrolled by a steelhead. That thing hit so freaking hard. It tugged. It pulled. It went all the way down river. My rod was bent like a horseshoe using the 9-foot A weight. I haven't even really felt the need to break out a switch rod yet, but I'll probably do it tomorrow just for fun. So this thing is, uh, it's pulling line off, it's running and screaming. Khalil goes to get the net, and the damn fish swims into a submerged log and breaks me off and takes my intruder. Now, I don't get too upset when a fish takes a pheasant tail or if a fish takes uh, an estaz fly. But when a fish takes an intruder that honestly probably took me 10 or 15 minutes to make, that kind of upsets this guy. So I just went back to Melinda's. I know. I got a thing for Melinda. Everybody up here knows it. So I got some more intruder shanks, and I got some blue rubber legs because none of the other shops have blue rubber legs. So by now, I've probably spent three-quarters of my allowance for being up here on fly tie material. I did just buy a 12-pack of Pabst because, you know, sipping on one Guinness a night just takes too long. So that maybe rounds it up. Uh, I did hook into a nice fish this morning, relatively large steelhead. And, you know, hooking into steelhead, I don't know if you can tell, I'm so congested up here. I think it's the housing we live in. I'm not sure, but I've been incredibly congested. The only time I've not been congested is the adrenaline rush from getting that steelhead. It totally releases endorphins or adrenaline and just clears me up. So um, forget you, Sudafed. Bite me, Afrin. Take this, Claritin, I say. It is all about the steelhead on the end of your line to get your sinuses cleared. So Joe and Big Irv are back at Joe's room, probably drinking up a storm. I'm going to go join them. It looks like we're going to stay in for dinner tonight and uh, await producer Jason. Hopefully he gets here and it brings some warmth because I was wearing two hats today. At some point, my Patagonia fingertipless fleece gloves. Fantastic. And, uh, you know, it's all about just trying to read a little bit of the pocket water, the riffles, the runs. We're fishing in shade, and it just keeps switching your flies. I don't know if it's skill, because we're all kind of throwing the same stuff, the same rigs. However, hey, look who's back. It's, uh, you know, Fritz was just doing something different than everyone else. He's a beast. All right, the lads are back, so we will check in with you later. All right, let's move to today's portion of the interviews. Khalil, how did your day go on the Salmon River? My day went fantastic, actually. Um, besides the cold and the uh, frozen toes that I could not feel for the majority of the day, uh, I was able to land two really, really nice size steelhead. What did those steelhead eat? Eggs. Was it the Alabama crab dangle fly? Uh, I caught a Alabama. I caught a steelhead on an Alabama dangle fly yesterday. Today you caught them on egg flies. Yes. Yeah, I caught them on egg flies, blue, orange, and yellow. What was the fight on some of these steelhead today? Oh, it was fantastic. I've had, you know, I think both fish, no, definitely one fish take me to the backing, you know, and that was within like two seconds, just 
already there downstream, you know? And catching a fish, specifically a steelhead on a fly you tied yourself, how does that feel for you? Oh, it's a thrill. I mean, you know, every steelhead you hook into, you're, you're always questioning, will you land this? Will you land it? And, yeah, when it comes into the net and it's your fly, there's, there's, there's no other elation. What about Legend of Fritz? This guy, you know, I, I don't know where he came from. Maybe he's an omen to keep us chasing after these fish every year. Uh, landing 10 fish in, in less than 10 hours is just, you know, beyond me. And he caught the biggest steelhead we've ever seen? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like literally the size of one of his legs. Do you think other people saw him on the river, or was he just a figment of our group's imagination? I'm actually pretty sure that that side of the bank got a lot of attention, and people definitely realized that that group or us are, are, are a bunch of guys catching a lot of steelhead. What flies have you been tying this evening? This evening I've been taking it slow, but um, I have tied some interesting woolly buggers that... Uh, Egg-sucking leeches? That the legend had uh, showed me, and uh, I'm going to see what it does for us tomorrow. Do you have any sort of affinity for Pabst Blue Ribbon? I think it's disgusting, actually. Ham bone. I don't even know what you just said. Ham bone. Which means? Hank Patterson, man. You gotta stop it. Khalil doesn't know about Hank Patterson, a recent interviewee on this podcast, but uh, the weather today, did it improve from yesterday's uh, conditions or did it worsen? You know, ironically, it was supposed to improve by 10 degrees, but the morning was actually maybe 10 degrees colder. So this morning was just frightening. It shocked everybody, threw everybody off. But we grudged through it and uh, was able to land some nice fish. Any suggestions or input on for people who've never netted someone else's steelhead before? What would you suggest for them? Uh, if you're netting someone else's steelhead, let that person with the fish bring the fish to the net. Don't chase after the fish. The fish is very aware of you and will try to swim away. And... When you get a, a fish that close, the angles really, really favor the fish so he can, you know, lose that hook quick. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. All right, all right. Anything else you want to add to today's festivities? You know, um, last year I came up here and uh, I feel like I was at a point where I was very frustrated, did not want to be in the cold, didn't catch any fish, and... Um, this year, I see that there was a lot of improvement, so I'm convinced that uh, catching steelhead is a long-term investment, and it's definitely worthwhile. And keeping your wading boots inside when it's single temperatures out overnight, it's a good idea? You know, it depends on who you are. Me, it didn't really hurt me that much. I uh, got to the water, soaked them for like two seconds, and stepped right into them. After fishing about five minutes, they were thawed out. All right, all right. No more uh, Pulaski barking spiders? He doesn't want any more of those. If you don't know what those are, look them up. All right, well, we'll get Stankus on. Speaking of barking spiders, yeah, 
No more Pulaski barking spiders. In fact, I am deeming all such activity to be rewarded with my pounding. That is one fist, then the other. Continually. <laughs> until consciousness is gone. There may have been an issue with the flatus on this uh, podcaster's end after eating Mountain House Chili Mac with beef <laughs> for lunch today. So uh, we'll get Stankus on after we, we work on tying up some uh, flashback pheasant tails. But that's it for this portion. Maybe we'll check in with you. Maybe we won't. That's for you to find out. Okay, let's get Scott's take on today's events. How was your uh, second day ever of steelheading? Today was much more like I expected it to be. Um, I've heard steelheader, you know, the fish of a thousand casts, and it's a cold, miserable prospect, and that's sort of how today went. Um, I had one hookup all day, missed the fish, and other than that, it was 12 hours of very cold, hurting feet, um, but am I going to get up and do it again tomorrow? Absolutely. Because there's always the chance that you can hook up and catch one of those monster fish that we saw today. What about the legend of Fritz, the steelhead angler? I subscribe to the belief that we were the only ones who saw him. He He's like the unicorn mythological puka. Yeah, he's he's a shaman, I think. If you could have done anything differently to stay warm, what, what would you have done today? Uh, I probably wouldn't have gotten there quite as early as I did. I was on, on the river's edge by about 4.18 this morning. Um, and though I, I will say, barring your stove and, and making some hot oatmeal and hot drinks this morning before you guys got there was, was key. But Snow Peak stove is crucial. Yeah, that thing is a, is a breeze to set up and use. I, like, I was, I was kind of envious. What flies have you been tying this evening? Um... Tied some more eggs, uh, tied some uh, sucker spawn, and some uh, pheasant tails, flashback pheasant tails that you, you showed me how to tie, so I appreciate that. Flashback pheasant tail, also crucial. What's your beverage of choice this evening while tying? Uh, that would be Old Rasputin Imperial Stout. I've heard this thing is fantastic, so i got to hit up Total Beverage to get some. It was a client of mine that actually introduced me to the name. Yeah, it's really good stuff. It's it's hard to find um, in bars anyway, um, but you 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 can usually find a four pack of bottles pretty easily. Four pack? Why not six? I don't know. Uh, I guess because it's uh, higher higher al- alcohol content, maybe. Could Rasputin not predict the number six? Could be. Or was that Nostradamus? I don't know. I'm too cold today. All right. So what's the game plan for tomorrow morning? Uh, sounds like we're going to make it a little, little later in the morning and get there, what, around five, um, still hopefully be the first ones in that spot, um, but not have to wait just quite so long. I'm definitely grabbing pop tarts. I did not see pop tarts outside this morning. Yeah, those were pretty awesome. I think tomorrow I'm also going to break out the switch rod. So maybe that could give me an advantage, but you've got a multi-piece rod. Which one have you been fishing? Uh, I've been, I've been fishing the eight weight. Orvis uh, frequent flyer uh, solely. I, I love the rod, though I I do think that uh, our buddy Fritz had an advantage with the with the uh, long pole today. He seemed to be, you know, really working working the water close to him, and then and then progressively further and further away. And as we know, the man can catch fish. 
you got some traveling coming up on Friday, so you came from L.A. straight to here. From here, you're going where? I'm going to Ecuador and then the Galapagos. That's kind of redundant. Galapagos is part of Ecuador. It's 600 kilometers due west. True fact. Now, what disgusting fruit are you going to avoid while you're in Ecuador and the Galapagos? Tree tomatoes. I can't tell you how vile the tree tomato is. If you remember from Forrest Gump, when, uh, what was his friend's name? Lieutenant Dan. Bubba. Color mine is Bubba. So all the different ways that he provided scrimps, they literally can do that with a tree tomato down there, and every single one is more disgusting than the next. I will take your word for it and avoid them. I will have fun down there and enjoy looking at boobies. Thank you. I especially look forward to the blue-footed. All right, so uh, probably won't get these guys on tomorrow. They're taking off from the river to head back down to blow Mason-Dixon line, or I should say Mason and Dixon's line. Um, So maybe we'll catch up with them another time. Look forward to it. Booyah. It has been brought to my attention that Stankus has a lucky fishing item. My lucky fishing socks. Trademarked. I believe we don't know exactly who the maker is. Is that a whale on there? No, no, that's a guy with a rod, and he's got the the rod is bent. See, it's a, it's even a fly fishing a fly fishing apparel. Is that pixelated or is that binary? I think it's pixelated. Okay, if you don't understand binary, you don't understand binary. That's correct. I knew it. Okay, Scott can explain that some other time. I still don't get it. I understand the the language of water vapor moisture per C three PO, but not. Not the one he's speaking of. Okay, today is Thursday, 11-14. It was a short day on the river as Scott and Khalil had to head back down towards Washington, D.C., so we got up early, but not early enough, as our spot was taken by the time we got there in the pitch black. So tomorrow being Friday, I hope Jason is prepared to be out the door sometime closely after 4. It's supposed to be warmer tomorrow, maybe in the 50s. So that should make sitting on a riverbank in the dark for two to three hours a little more bearable. Also, this morning, I didn't have my headlamp, so that made it a little more difficult to get down to the spot. I lost one fish off the rocks. It was on the intruder fly. It was more of a bump hookup and spit. And then I got a huge hookup on a pheasant tail flashback soft hackle, which I'm going to be tying up a bunch more right now as I've got about two or three hours before Jason arrives. And there's a whole crock pot of chili outside my door with hot sauce and tortilla chips. So I'm also going to have some food while I tie. That is one of the benefits of staying here at the Trestle Lodge. Khalil hooked up to a freaking monster and was able to land it. So we'll have pictures of that up on the website and the blog. Whenever that goes live, as soon as I get home, my priority is not unpacking. It's going to be to take a break. So the lads and I, we finished up around 10.30. I was just cold. You know, I had been waiting a little bit, you know, waist deep. That cold water just sucking the heat right out of me. I managed to hook up to a sucker fish, kind of funny looking. We'll have pictures of that also. I'd hoped it was a steelhead or a brown, but yeah, it wasn't. Um, maybe if I'd come up here targeting 14-inch sucker fish, that would have been ideal. But alas, it's, it's not what I was targeting. So we came back here and, and packed up. The, the guys packed up the cars. I cleaned out my car, organized it, cleaned a lot of the sand out. And then I just went into town to get some more provisions. I just had a hankering for chili cheese Fritos. I got some more hand lotion as just being out in this cold, raw wind, wet hands, 
Um, my hands are pretty beat up. My fingertips really hurt. And I just need to kind of take better care of, uh, of my digits here. Got a couple cracks that are bleeding. And uh, I'm not going to, you know, it, it, it does take a toll on you. Um, I came back. I sat down. And I fell asleep on the bed for about four solid hours. I wake up. Couldn't even move. I was like in a zombie trance. So, uh, you know, being on the road since Friday, having fished all Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, just has really exhausted me. I've got one and a half more days to go. So hopefully that nap today and an easy evening should allow me to fish a little easier tomorrow with some more energy. Um, hopefully I hear from the Project Healing Waters guys and go help out, guide some of the vets from Fort Drum who are going to be in town tomorrow this weekend. Other than that, I'm just going to take it easy tonight. I just realized we have cable, so maybe I can see a movie or watch a hockey game tonight and can eat that chili and just tie flies and get Jason all caught up to speed on everything. So we'll check back with you uh, tomorrow. And, uh, yeah, that's about it for today. All right, so we are done with day one. It's uh, 11.15. It was a warmer day. I just want to... Touch on one quick note. Um, I did have to go to the ATM today for two reasons. One, the lodging we stay at doesn't take ca- doesn't take credit or check, and that was unbeknownst to me as I paid my deposit in a check and brought my checkbook to pay the I don't know hundred and forty five dollar deposit. So um, they're like, "Yeah, we only take cash." So I'm like, okay, and I get no receipt from them, so. I get audited, how am I going to write this off as a business expense? They basically just came to our room and uh, we just handed them a wad of cash. So um, a little sketchy business-wide. You know, they don't have a website. doesn't say that. So if you do stay at the Trestle Pool Lodge, here's a heads up that it's cash only. Now, one of the people in our party didn't have any cash on him at the time of payment. So I basically had to pay for him and that caused an extreme amount of drama at camp. Um... It was hurt up and down the river. The judge and the police were almost involved. Um, it was uh, quite a brouhaha, and a lot of uh, ties and friendships were basically broken, ruined, or dissolved through this incident. So that's interesting. We'll see how that plays out when we all get back home. But like I said, it was uh, warmer today. Oh, yeah, so we had to go to the ATM. Because I only had like 40 bucks on me. So the first ATM out of order, second ATM out of order, third one was working, but I had to do it twice because you can only get a certain amount of like $200 or $100 at a time. I needed $290. Um, so I'm now in the hole, but apparently uh, another person in our party has paid for the individual who didn't pay any money to stay here the entire time. And that check was dropped off at my house today so uh, minus four dollars from atm transaction fees but both parties have now been paid for so like i said it was a warmer day producer jason got in late last night we got up at the butt crack and literally i mean the butt crack at about 350 today uh, we got to the river at 4 30 we hiked in in the dark and of course there was already one dude at the fishing spot waiting for us so uh, we had room all of us fished together it was um, i would say 50 to 75% less crowded than it was yesterday. There was no spot hogging. Uh, everyone fit in. Some of the fish were biting. Some of them weren't. There were some mishaps. We'll have Jason explain things. But uh, I got my first fish on an intruder. 
And the word slamming it aggressively would be an understatement. It was a massive, massive steelhead. I'd probably lost two before that. I later got a brown trout, and then we lost another nice steelhead on my end due to a hole in the net. The fish literally went into the net, through the hole, and spit out the fly. And that one was caught on a pink San Juan worm. The other fish were caught on a size 10, small, white, egg yarn, egg. And the other one, the brown was on a pheasant tail, and another steelhead was on a pheasant tail. But we'll let Jason uh, fill you in on his details of the day, from getting up in the freezing cold to waiting two hours on the muddy riverbank with chipmunks around us. Oh, yeah, and he'll tell you the story about the other chipmunks. So, well... I'm going to go get myself a cold Paps Blue Ribbon, and here's Jason. Uh, we had a good day. I mean, it was definitely warmer than I hear the rest of the week was. We were able to strip off some layers by the end of the day, which was very nice. My feet ended up not feeling like blocks of ice by the end of the day. What else happened, Rob? Um, I took a nap. Rob took a nap. Chipmunk almost, like, stole his food we almost broke my new fly rod my new <laughs> switch rod because rob was landing the steelhead that jumped through the net and my rod because i was trying to net the fish got stuck in his rod and we almost had a really bad <laughs> situation there not only was there that where his rod tip went through my line and got tangled the guy on the other side of the river or the guy on our side of the river in the morning he hooked a fish that jumped over a tree that was falling in the water and he did not lose a fish. It swam into the tree, jumped over it and it kept going, which you wouldn't believe it unless you saw it. And then another guy hooked a fish, managed to go under or around that same tree later on. His net got snagged that was attached to his back. He managed to go down about a hundred feet and the fish was thrown after about a 10 minute fight at his feet. But, um, and then Jason hooks into, uh, I mean, monster steelhead, monster, monster. This thing was like Hulk Hogan of steelheads. It was the Andre Giant of steelheads. It was the Battle Royale from 1986. And it was massively huge, and I was sound asleep on the shore, and I didn't even realize he hooked into a fish until there was shouting going on. So I ran out and had my net, and this fish had no interest in being landed. Yeah. Every time Rob got near it with the <laughs> with the net, it bolted. It was just it, it it. I think it knew what was going on. So of course we this fish is like near the net. It's away from the net. It's near the net. Jason's working it with his new eleven foot eight weight switch rod Deer Creek by Temple Fork Outfitters. Fantastic sage reel. He's doing everything right, and the ten pound tippet just broke, and the fish swam off. But. I wasn't sure if it was a king salmon until we got it close to the net three or four times. It was huge. And we actually saw some sunlight today, which was nice. But we all had room to swing flies and drift flies. There was no crowding, no um, animosity towards other people. I had the grossest lunch. It was um, Philly cheesesteak soup, which in theory sounded good, but it was like drinking a Subway brand steak and cheese that was put through a blender with chicken stock. And you're eating it like if... If you couldn't eat solid food because your jaw was broken and somebody pureed a steak and cheese sandwich, that's what it was. But it was warm. I had half a bagel to dip into it. It fueled me. And then we had to go into town. Uh, I had to get some Jack's cheese curls for my ride home tomorrow. And then there was the whole ATM searching debacle. 
You see, see, Rob can do everything hard related to fishing except bad food, because we all know if we listen to this podcast that good food is his specialty. We just got done watching Andrew Zimmer in, in Cambodia where he's describing, I mean, it was disgusting, the fermented snails, the cooked bat, the tarantula, the bullseye snakehead that were caught in fresh water but were washed in feces-ridden, uh, oil-slicked cigarette butt laid in water uh he ate durian and then we also saw adam richmond eating a dinosaur barbecue down the street in syracuse stop that on the way home yeah there's the dinosaur barbecue that another hot dog place on lake odenida on nadiga on nadudu and uh i'd stopped into the grocery store here and i got three different bottles of dinosaur barbecue sauce and i got a a bag of dinosaur barbecue flavored potato chips so dinosaur i guess is pretty popular up here and I'm pretty much already packed. It's 7.08. I just got to throw the gear in the car tomorrow and um, maybe change here, maybe not. But I'm all sketchily paid up here. Um, kind of, you know, dodgy for a, a business not to have a website in this day and age. And But you can't be 35 bucks a night. Yeah, it's $35 a night, two square meals, fireplace, hot shower, if you leave your beer on the floor, it's, I mean, a definite, every inch you go in this place, it raises in temperature. Um, and there's tables for tying. You are two minutes from the river. You're 10 minutes from town. It's pretty fantastic. We'll have to find out what happens tomorrow. And Jason's going to have to listen to himself when he uh, does the whole uh, editing of this. So what are we doing tomorrow? I think we'll go back up. We're going to sleep in because I just can't handle getting up at, 4 a.m. and having to drive seven to nine hours home tomorrow so get up we're gonna drive up to the lower fly zone see how crowded it is if it was this uncrowded on a friday maybe tomorrow i don't know if uh there's college football on or or what's going on but hopefully tomorrow will be less crowded if it's super crowded we'll maybe either go to the upper fly zone or we'll head a little down river and, and do some hiking in try and find some good pocket water but it's been a pretty productive spot but um if we can't get it, you know, I just can't get up another morning that early. It's it's killing me. Now I'm wishing I came earlier with everybody else, <laughs> except for the drama. I'm glad I missed that. Yeah, you can ask me off the record, off uh, podcast people, what the drama was, and I'll tell you. But we came back. We tied up some. Uh, I tied up some pheasant tails for tomorrow. Some intruders. Some blood dots. Jason tied up some Astaz buggers bright colors all right i think we're gonna go see what's on tv as it feels like it's 10 p.m but it's only seven o'clock so i will check in with you once i get back to northern virginia well i'm back in the dc metro area after a long and rather uneventful drive home i left a little after nine o'clock went straight to dunkin donuts got myself a large java bacon egg and cheese bagel and that was a little naughty i got myself two orders of hash browns which were quite nice and um yeah it was mostly uneventful trip back and the reasons uh i left early we'll get to in a moment but uh still have not unpacked the car so lots of fly time material and and some junk food or wrappers and some waiters and other stuff in there so uh, overall, you know, we, we caught some fish, we landed some fish, wanted to get more fish pictures, wanted to get Jason in there with a nice steelhead in a photo, but 
Yeah, that's steelhead fishing. Uh, so after we finished the podcast last night, Jason and I sat down to watch some TV. I introduced him to Tosh.0. We had some pretty hilarious laughs. And then we hit the sack uh, probably about 9 o'clock, got up. Around 6 o'clock, breakfast was outside our doors normal, and we slept in. You know, I didn't want to fight anybody for a spot also. I didn't want to get up early, which what could have been anywhere from a, a 6 to 13-hour drive home. I have done the drive in 13 hours. I've done it in six and a half hours. I didn't want to be tired. I was pretty exhausted on the drive home. The coffee definitely helped wake me up. And we got to the lower fly zone about about 6.30. And uh, Joe's car was already there. And if you haven't figured out, um, you know, things with Joe blew up pretty uh, pretty big time over the whole uh, incident with somebody not paying. And he just went on a spit, spewing, rant, raging, uh, profanity, uh, racial slurs. Went off on Project Healing Waters, went off on my friends, went off on my integrity. And basically, I never want to have anything to do with Joe or River Run Trout Fitters. So anything I've ever said about River Run Trout Fitters, disregard. The first thing I did when I got home, before I even showered or unpacked, was remove any social media or links or connections to him or his website. Um I just didn't want to deal with him, so we decided to go to the upper fly zone, which was nice because fishing in the lower fly zone, you're in the dark shade all day, and frankly, I thought I was getting rickets after being up there for seven days fishing in the shade. I don't know how many people up in the Pulaski Almer area have rickets. Basically, the sun never really is as out anytime I'm up there. I end up wearing my Costa Del Mar sunrise yellow sunglasses the entire time up there. There's no need for regular sunglasses because the sun is frankly never out but it did warm up and producer jason and i walked down to the the bottom section of the upper fly zone i don't know what time we got there but there was a campfire going by some guys upstream so we had this lovely smell of burning wood mixed with some rotten salmon on shore and we swang nymphs we drifted nymphs we swang streamers through and and back and forth Uh, nothing was really biting it was a beautiful morning. The sun was up. Uh, I didn't even wear my outer layer, didn't wear gloves, barely had a net gaiter on. So it was nice to be in some warm sunshine for once after, like I said, seven days in the shade. And we threw eggs and pheasant tails and intruders and egg-sucking leeches and buggers. And then we decided to go upstream and fish off some of the rocks in the deeper pools. And you know, I was kind of tired, um, kind of missing home. Still pissed about the whole thing that went down the other day. So uh, I packed it up about 9 o'clock and, and headed out, left Jason behind. I felt bad that we didn't get a fish more, but um, I, mean, I was in a bad mood. I was pretty exhausted. My body just was hurting from a week of cold, wet, standing in a freezing river. So uh, you know, like I said, I packed it up, went back to the car, put on a pair of Carhartts, took off you know five layers of clothing and got in the car and headed home. So other than the whole drama, it was a fun trip. I got some people on Steelhead that had never been on Steelhead. You got people close to landing Steelhead that had never been close to landing Steelhead. And it was good just to have a week off from, from D.C., from the hectic, busy life down here. It was good to be in the water where you really are just alone with the sound of the running water and your thoughts all day. And 
It's kind of peaceful. You know, it is painful. The back's been hurting me. Been wearing some lidocaine patches since I got back. The heating pads on me. Been using some Tiger Balm on my hand, on my back. It's going to be good to sleep in a, a warm, comfortable bed with some body heat tonight without the blast furnace drying me out. It's going to be good not to have to get up at the butt crack of dawn. But then again, I've got to unpack the whole car. Got to deal with traffic again back here, sort of back to reality. Back to life. Back to reality. Uh, yeah, it's good to have Dr. Jones back with me. It's good to be back on social media, see what I've been missing from everybody. Just, you know, back to having some news. I actually got to listen to NPR's Morning Edition on the drive back. Catching up with my Michael O'Mara show podcast. So that's about it for this trip. I will definitely be podcasting my annual Christmas steelhead trip to the Ohio Steelhead Alley tributaries from the fly shops. Hopefully meet up with some of the guides up there and, and interview them, the fly shops too. So thanks for listening to this crazy convoluted adventure of ours. If you have any questions, freestone-media.com for producer Jason. Anything for me, it's robsnowwhite.com. And uh, thanks for listening.
Thank you for joining us for the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. For more information or to contact Rob, please go to www.robsnowwhite.com. the stories to back it a life to be proud of it's a winchester life yeah baby six eight western oh, i'll be over there baby right there tune in every tuesday at 7 p.m eastern on waypoint tv brave anglers search for the one they call king but who will take his throne tune in to waypoint tv's battle for silver saturday may 18th from 12 to 6 p.m eastern presented by abyss battery waypoint tv in wild country Rules were not created by man. Don't miss Wild Country, Wednesdays from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Primos. Speak the language. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.